more of the backstory on our Patreon page with exclusive interviews, outtakes, and the Lost Controversial Backstory Podcast you can only get here. Support on the Backstory Bonus Level. Welcome to the Backstory Podcast. I'm your host, Colby Cole. Usually when I do my podcast, I kind of like break an interview up and I tell a story and that's kind of been the formula. But I was recently going through my archives and I found this interview from December of 2007 with Mary J. Blige. It was like a week before her Growing Pains album. Now I've interviewed Mary several times over the years. This particular interview was interesting because she was just a, a very mature Mary. She'd been through a lot. She had just gotten married or been married for a little bit. She had this great working relationship with her ex-husband now, Ken Do. And it was just a good conversation. So I was like, well, I'm not going to break this up. I just kind of want to play it for you all. And then there's one thing. So my dad would always tell the story. My dad lives in New York City. And my dad would always tell the story about running into Mary J. Blige at a gas station. I would be like, Dad, you never ran into Mary J. Blige at a gas station. He would just tell the story to the family over and over again. And so I get Mary on the phone and we talk about it and I get my dad on the phone and it's just hilarious. So I just wanted to share this moment on the Backstory Podcast. So this is 2007, Mary J. Blige on the Backstory Podcast. And we have the living legend. That's what I'm going to call you today. Miss okay. Mary J. Blige <laughs> in the building. Um, and, and Mary uh, has told us this is her eighth album that is coming out. And uh, I was I wanted to say my Jack the Rapper story when um, I first heard of Mary J. Blige, there was this soundtrack for Strictly Business. I never forget it. Strictly Business was coming out, and there was a song. And I remember the folks at Uptown Records because I was a mix show DJ at the time, and they mm-hmm. was like, "Yo, check out this Mary J. Blige. Check out this Mary J. Blige." And I was like, "All right, all right." And so that summer, we was in Atlanta for the Jack the Rapper, and Puffy had put on this huge. Uptown showcase. That's when Uptown it just was just bu- buzzing, and you were you and Jodeci had already blew, and then mm-hmm. you were coming, and you stepped on that stage, and I could tell like you was new to the game, but you just stepped on stage at an industry event and just tore it down, and everybody walked out of there there for the rest of the Jack the Rapper saying Mary J Blige, and then right after that you remind me was just everywhere. I mean, you've wow. really like you know I've watched you, you know I, I mm-hmm. remember that time and I just kept watched you every album and you've gotten better with time and I'm saying this because if I'm going to call you a living legend there's got to be a reason and not mm-hmm. many artists have done what you have done in the R&B field wow thank you so very much I mean thank you like I honestly can say you know that I didn't have a choice you know back in the days and I just was a girl singing because I love to sing and singing for my life I just really wanted my family out of the projects and going through mm-hmm. the things, you know, because we, you know, we've been in the middle of stab outs, shootouts. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, I can't take this anymore. I got to get my mother out of here. And, you know, that was a part of my drive to, you know, just just wanting to do something with my life. You know, it just came. It came to me like it came because it was something that was so far fetched that I didn't even I just stopped believing it, you know. But when it finally came, it was like, OK, let me just let me just make sure that I get my my people out of here and my fans I just owe everything to my fans because I wouldn't be here if they wasn't listening mm-hmm. you know when I when I turned that my life album in I wouldn't be here if someone didn't say marry us too we are struggling just like you you know I remember <laughs> seeing you recently in a concert in South Africa mm-hmm. and you was killing it what is that like when you go first of all what was it like the first time you leave America mm-hmm. and you go to a foreign country they don't even speak English but everybody knows the words to your songs 
That is amazing. I mean, especially in Japan, <laughs> because they really don't speak any English. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But all they know is the words, every word to that song. And if you go and speak to them, you know, nothing. They, mm-hmm. So it's just, it just lets you know that energy is energy. Mm-hmm. And when I go on stage, I'm giving energy. So if you speak in, in if you speak in English or you're not speaking English, whatever energy I push out to you is what I'm gonna get get back, and I always get back like the love because I, I if it doesn't matter what color you are, I just want you to know that you know no matter what color we are, we go through the same things, you know we we come up um, we get stronger through the same trials, you know, and it's just like I said, it's just it's just all all energy that you're pushing out. So people are gonna understand. They might not necessarily understand you word for word but they can definitely feel your happy energy your sad energy your, your you know just the whole thing i don't want to get into this energy energy but it's really all about energy right. that's the way it is man <laughs> right that's why you watch the energy that you keep around you because if you got bad energy around you absolutely did you learn something but in the beginning years did you have what kind of people did you keep around you and i'm saying this because like a lot of people admire the artists and a lot of times the artists, entourages, and the people around them get them in trouble. Did right. you have any situations like that? Oh, absolutely. My mm-hmm. whole surrounding was negative energy. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. why I was so negative on mm-hmm. myself, and mm-hmm. I had no no one to tell me the truth. So, I mean, I was believing whatever they said about me, you know? Mm-hmm. And so You was angry back in the day, girl. Yeah, Ooh. I was angry about a lot of things. You was mad. <laughs> but one of the times that I, the, actually, the, I met you at the Jack the Rapper, but... The first time I really got to meet you in Philly, you were doing a show at the Academy of Music, which we was was weird because nobody does shows any kind of shows other than opera. That's Laia. Come over here, Laia, because I want you to jump in in a minute. Mm. But it was you, and it was the whole Uptown tour, and you was mad. I was like, "Wow, why is she so Mel Smith? Remember Mel Smith? Yeah, I remember Mel. He, he was like, Cole, Cole, I want you to meet Mary. Mary took me backstage, and we went to your dressing room, and you was mad. Somebody had just set you off, and you was just like." <laughs> Like left, and I was like, uh, "All right, well, uh, nice meeting you, Mary." But I I've noticed that. No, sorry, I understand. This business and people need to understand it because mm-hmm. we in, in radio, it's, it, we get a chance to meet all the celebrities, and and I've had a chance, you know, over my career to meet a lot of people. And believe me, I have a better understanding of how tough it is to be an artist because you mm-hmm. got so many people pulling, pulling at you. Mm-hmm. But if you got the wrong folks around you, mm, it's all bad. That's feeding you with negativity, or or oh, this artist is you better than that artist, or whatever, or man. Forget her, and you know, like it, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a nightmare. Yeah, it's crazy, it's and a, people mm-hmm. don't survive that. It's a total nightmare. The only, I never listened to them when they, when someone was like, "Yo, you're gonna go out there and, and bust that person," you know. And mm-hmm. like, I never looked at my life like like it's like I'm not going out there to, to, to bust no. I'm going out right. there to do what I do. What you love doing? What I love doing. Like I'm not gonna look at. I'm, I can't really listen to you because you're gonna cause me to crash and burn. Mm-hmm. So you just gotta have some sort of. Whatever your morals are, like okay, you you might fall short and, hang, and end up, you know, alcoholic or drug addict or whatever you end up being. I mean, that's a, that's a terrible thing. But what's going to get you through is that little piece of you that that's really, really you. Mm-hmm. And the piece of me that was really me is the part that wanted to keep. Just when I say I'm going to do something for someone, I, I like. Well, no, that's me now, bugging because I, I I totally didn't have no integrity <laughs> back then. <laughs> I was dead wrong back then. But I think my my putting me last and putting everybody first was kind of an overflow mm-hmm. of kind of like no self-love. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, OK, everybody comes before me. So just that little bit of just that um, the, the whole the, the, the majority of the not being selfish thing, mm-hmm. but but never treating myself right. Kind of helped me in a little in in a, in a way to to survive, you mm-hmm. know, and um, I mean, 
it, it, you just don't, when you have those surroundings around you, you just can't really see anything clear because mm-hmm. you're not clear. So, and so you know, what, what did it take for you to, and, and, and we're saying this because let's take ourselves out of the celebrity world and Alaya is, is joining here in the interview. There are a lot of people listening that in their everyday life mm-hmm. have that energy around them mm-hmm. and they not, may not be able to see it, but what did it take for you to just ah, push it all away and, and survive it and, and escape it? Well, after certain things happened, like I saw at, at some point in my life, I was, I felt like I was next. Mm-hmm. Like my, my girlfriend died. Mm-hmm. Then Aaliyah died. Then the World Trade Center happened. I was like, okay, I'm next. Mm-hmm. If I don't stop, I had, a, I had an ulcer. Mm-hmm. I was dying from alcoholism, like just all that stuff. So it was like the, I had to make a choice between life and death. So when I made the choice in bet- between life and death, the person that I was praying so hard to come in my life and help me because I prayed for a sincere person to come mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. When they came through, they pointed everything out to me. Sometimes it takes somebody from the outside of this whole mess to pull your glasses or your blinders off and make you be like, look at all this. Mm-hmm. And you'll fight it for a little while, but then you'll start to look around and be like, yo, they don't give a, they don't care about me at right. all. So you see the real, the real. Right. And yeah. it, it hurts when someone comes in and, and, and actually calls you out for being a follower and a mm-hmm. fool, mm-hmm. you know, not, not even a fool, just a weakling, mm-hmm. you, you know, because you're, you're living to please all these people and they hate you and you know it. Mm-hmm. You got, you know, they hate you. Mm-hmm. They don't, and then someone could they hate you. Right. Mm-hmm. And somebody pull your card and be like, you can't see that. Did you, <laughs> did, at that time, did you, were you concerned what people thought about you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I was so, I mean, everything mm-hmm. was what people thought, you know. Mm-hmm. And right now it's like, you know what? I really don't care what people think. Right. Is exactly. that an after you turn 30 thing? Like, uh, yeah. when did you, you know what? women, that's hard to let go. No, it, it was, um. Kind of recently. Yeah. Like kind of recently in my, my 30s, I was like, you know, what? the heck? I mm-hmm. mean, I, I have what I have. I am what I am. What am I going to do? I can't live to please you. You're not going to choke the life out of me. And no matter what, Mary, <laughs> no matter what. And I tell this to Laia. No, I tell this to mm-hmm. her all the time. Mm-hmm. I, no matter what is going on, people are always going to talk about you. They always got something yeah. bad to say. No, And the most successful people in the business and, and anything and, and, and mm-hmm. business and entertainment and, and just education, mm-hmm. they get hated on. It's just like people have to find the negative thing. And Mary, people was picking you apart. And I mm-hmm. and I figured that you were internalizing that. Like, I got to please this person. Oh, well, mm-hmm. why, why are they saying that? And that could drive you batty. Absolutely. And I went batty. Mm-hmm. And now I don't really give, I, I don't care what they think about mm-hmm. me because I got to keep, you know, I have so many people saying things like, Oh, I like Mary better when she was miserable. If I mm. listen to that and, and take that in, <laughs> I'd be a nutcase, you know, mm, because right. I'm, I'm working on something else. My pain was real. My story is real. And, you know, for me to try to live out a miserable life just to please people, I am a fool. Please mm-hmm. call me a fool. But I'm not doing that. I got too much. I have too, too, too many people that or calling the radio station saying I'm an example. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think about people other than myself mm-hmm. right now today more than I've ever, because I, it's too many stories that come. And if you would have given up, so many people would have suffered because of that. People would have like, if I, right. If I mm-hmm. ended it, yeah. it, it would have been the end for like a lot when, of people. Before Mary, before yeah. sharing my world. Like yeah. I right. couldn't imagine. Right. It was just a, you know, I mean, it was a choice I had to make. I want to, I want to, I want to uplift people and, 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 you know, make them want to live or I'm going to kill myself selfishly mm. and take those four million people that bought the My Life, you know, album with me. I said, no mm. way, man. I, I can't do it. Miss Mary J. Blige is in the studio. Growing Pains is the album in stores on Tuesday. Mary. 
Yeah. Some nice little joint right here. Thank now, who's the person hooking up all your deals now? Because all of a sudden, Mary, you all over television. You got you got endorsements like an athlete right now. He's <laughs> up with Chevy. No, Chevy, my yeah. Husband, my husband is a good. He knows what he's he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So he's responsible for making a lot of these deals happen. And I mean, he's a go getter, and mm-hmm. he wants the best for me. So he goes, he is your everything. He, he goes out and get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that, huh? Mm-hmm. He come home, he like, look, baby, I got a Chevy commercial for you. Come on, you gotta. You, I know when when that hits you, you gotta be like, hey, I'm I'm doing a commercial for Chevy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was bugging out. No, I was really bugging out off the iPod thing. Mm-hmm. Cause that's everywhere. They spend like millions like, of dollars on that campaign. They sure did. Yeah. I mean, me, like, yeah iPod and it's you. It's not nobody dancing to your song. It's that's you. That's choreography, right. right, Mary? Like that's pure. I always want to ask you that. Because look, I was telling people the greatest part about Mary, especially like lately. I don't know. It's just been like you just been feeling it, and you don't even care. Like mm-hmm. it ain't like you look corny, but you be doing some stuff, and sometimes it make you look like you looking at your auntie, but you still be funkier than her. So, and I was telling people now when I hear just fine, I do the Mary dance, and I be like fine, fine, fine. So anyway, yeah. no. and you nah, scrunch your like face you. up, girl. You are into it, man. I'm ain't no faking with Mary. I'm enjoying myself. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I just love, even as a kid, I love to dance. Mm-hmm. I would go to parties just to dance. Like, I don't have a choreo. You know, I'm not nice like Chris Brown or, or Usher isn't he or ama- Beyonce. Isn't he amazing? No, Chris Brown is the truth. Yo, he tore up that movie's The Rock, John. So did you. No, he he shut it down, man. Yeah. I mean, he's that kid is amazing. Shout out mm-hmm. to Chris Brown. I know he's from here, right? Uh, no, no, he's not from here. Well, from where, B-A-O wherever, wherever, he, wherever he's from. <laughs> Shout out music. We music Shout soul child. Brown. <laughs> music. I love music soul child. I'm a fan. I've been a fan of How do you feel about child. when people compare you to other artists that are out now? Like uh, people are comparing Keisha Cole to you at right. times. How do you feel about that? I mean, you know what? I'm cool because mm-hmm. she does have a story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, it's a pretty painful story. Mm. And But far as like, you know, the comparisons of, you know, her with the blonde hair and I get a haircut, she gets a haircut. We all have the same haircut. That mm-hmm. that doesn't matter. But what happens is she's she's definitely um, in, in that. Uh, what is that? Those surroundings, which mm-hmm. I see those surroundings that I was in. Back yeah. Then. I, but because I noticed, I yeah. guess, knowing you when you started and knowing Keisha Cole now and right. watching that show, which. You know, I I really didn't, I really didn't think favorable of Keisha Cole, but other times that I dealt with her, which right. is really a bad experience. Right. And I'm a program director, and I, usually we don't have that many bad experiences with artists. Right. And when I watch the show and I see her family and her situation, and last night I don't know if you've gotten a chance to watch the show on BET. They had the, the season right. finale, and it's just so painful. Like I couldn't imagine going through what she went through and to be able to survive all of that and become a successful song a singer. That's that's amazing, and we could say the same for you. And I remember right. you you talking about um, when when um, you remind me was blowing up. You were still living in the projects, and I, you had to come home to the projects. And your song was the number one song on the radio <laughs> across the country. I was coming home, not only coming home, but having to fight like the same girl that was just every, every single day. Hey, like yo, my god! <laughs> I mean, it was getting worse, and it was accumulating. You know, mm-hmm. by the time real love hit, I was still there, mm-hmm. and it was just accumulate. Like people, you know, you know what it is, mm-hmm. you know. So that's we all, you know, that's a whole another set of issues. You ain't even you back know? a moving truck up there. You just left, didn't you? You know what? I don't really know. I just, <laughs> you just uh, gone. I'm I, out. I, I was gone. I was gone. I was I was gone way before my my, my mom and them was gone. Mm-hmm. So you know. I, you know, do you ever get a chance to uh, talk to Father MC? I always wonder what he thinks of you no. now. Since oh, mm-hmm. does he get a chance to touch you, get close? Or no? Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, like y'all different. You started. Yeah, you was, yeah. You was background singing what for him. What you do for me, yeah. all that. <laughs> and now I was just wondering, like, dang, does he even get a chance to see all that? You know what? Anybody that I knew from back in the days, if I see them, I'm not gonna. What am I gonna do? Like I'm Mary, mm-hmm. right? Like Mary that you know that you can hug. That you know, as long you know, 
as long as we cool, we cool, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm learning. Know. All right, so Mary J. Blige is in the studio. Uh, we're going to come back next, play some more songs off of the album. Uh, Laia's got a bunch of questions. <laughs> See, I purposely kept you here all day, Laia, because I yeah. wanted you to be a part of this. Because actually, Laia... When last in the interview with Laia and Mary, and Laia always felt weird about this, that I you guys did. had a weird moment when mm. you were when she was doing mornings. Right. And I always used to tell uh, Laia. I just started to, remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was, was just like, anxious. it's not that deep. Let it go. Like, she felt weird about it. But mm. actually, it's Mary J. Blige. You never get that chance. I'm sorry. But to tell the listeners, um, they greeted each other. Laia said to Mary, what happened? Mary remembered it, and it was all good. Sisterhood, we good. We, we right. moved past it. It's all love. And that was a big moment for Laia, because Laia is my little project here at the radio. <laughs> Station. I'm trying to work. I'm trying to work the rough edges off of. No, but I'm a woman, and I, you know what? I wanted you know at some point in this interview to Mary just about women and us being petty and sisterhood because I know within the realm of music, even with this whole Keisha Cole thing, it's like. The bad part about it was, not even bad, but the part when I looked at it, you know, mm-hmm. of course, there was all that talk about going back and forth. And I was like, dang, but they both great singers. And why can't women just, even if they do get along and it's just hype, why can't we just, you know, get along? And why they have to put us against each other when it ain't that many of us doing well in the first place? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, it can happen, you know, but both parties got to want it to happen. That's true, too. You know, and until that day, it'll be what it is. <laughs> Whatever, you know, I, I mean, I don't even really know what it is. It ain't nothing to me. It's no, I'm not even talking about that okay. one situation. I just mean us okay. as women women in general sometimes when we're in an environment and you know that's it was just when we're in an environment sometimes and we're together it's like you know we have our petty moments and Mm -hmm. i was thinking when your album came out next week and i do like my music moment i was like i think i'm gonna let like women us as women maybe call a woman that you had a petty argument with you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. just say it's not really that deep Mm -hmm. because our petty bones a little stronger than the male and y'all will hold on to that to to the (laughs) right y'all will ride that forever So I'm just trying to make it better. But. All right. Mary J. Blige and Laia are in the studio. It's 100.3 The Beat. Coming up, my dad and Mary talk about this mysterious moment at a gas station where my dad says he ran into Mary J. Blige. We're going to just get to the bottom of this. You'll hear it. It's hilarious. And that's coming up next right here on the Backstory Podcast. But first, a quick word from one of our sponsors that help keeps this podcast going. Support for the Backstory Podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, who are excited to introduce their all-new Rate Shield approval. If you're in the market to buy a home, Rate Shield approval is a real game changer, and here's why. First, Quicken Loans will lock in your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. But here's the crucial part. If rates go up, your rate stays the same. But if rates go down, your rate also drops. Either way, you win. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash Colby. You're listening to the Backstory Podcast. I'm your host, Colby Cole. So my dad lives in New York and he would tell me this story about running into Mary J. Blige and she was pumping her own gas. And I'd be like, Dad, what are you talking about? Mary J. Blige is not riding around New York City pumping her own gas. And you say, no, I'm telling you. I said, Dad, it's probably somebody who looks like Mary J. Blige. I just can't see Mary being by herself pumping her gas. She's an international superstar. She wouldn't do it. So anyway, I am interviewing her in 2007. I say, you know what? Once and for all, I'm going to get Mary on the phone and I'm going to get my dad on the phone or I had Mary in the studio and I'm going to get my dad on the phone and we're going to get to the bottom of this. So this is that moment. And I love sharing this moment because it's just my dad was just he's just so cute and innocent when and he just loves Mary J. Blige. So it was just like a win all the way around. But check it out right here on the Backstory Podcast. 
I'm doing all right. I got uh, Mary J. Blige in the studio. Hey, Dad. <laughs> I don't know what to call him. <laughs> Mary J. Blige? Yeah, the Mary J. Blige. You kidding? No. His dad. Now, now, Dad, remember that story you told me about that time when you saw her pumping her gas? Yeah. Where, now, where, her, what, what year was that, and where, and what kind of car did she have? She had an SUV, and it was on the what last color? exit on the Palisades before you come to the GW Bridge. Uh-oh, you might be telling the truth. What color was it? What color was I don't, it? I don't remember what color was it. White? Was it white? I can tell you is I said, look at this beautiful woman. Was it white? And then I it said, I know not. her. And I couldn't figure out who it I was. I, you know. What the heck were you doing out there by yourself? So, Dad, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Dad, what year was that? Oh, I see. I had the old, the old Camry. Let's see. It must have been, oh, I, three, three years ago. No, it yeah. wasn't me three years ago. No, it had to be. If he, Two years ago? I don't know. If he's saying the Palisades, it was that you, makes Mary sense. J. SUV <laughs> means the the, the, the range. Was robot. she by herself? Well, she was pumping her own gas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's weird though, because wow. they pump gas at that station. You don't have to pump. What kind of what kind of station was it? Well, you remember what the name How of much it was? Time I got? It was uh, right now. Yeah, but if you move quick, you can pump your own gas. Oh, okay. I do it sometimes. All right, all right, all right. Hey. Yeah, they don't care. Wow. Um, going south towards the GW Bridge on the Palisades. Yep. All right. Well, Dad, you know, her and her, her and her husband are sitting here, and I told them that story, and they were debating whether or not it was true or not. <laughs> I don't make stuff up, honest. <laughs> <laughs> you made me lose a bet. <laughs> but I don't want to get anybody in trouble. So. You got me in trouble. <laughs> well, thanks, Dad, for being a good sport. You got a question for Mary while you're on the phone with her? Yeah, I am so sorry I didn't say hello. So I'm saying right now, hello, you wonderful, fabulous, terrific, dynamic artist. Thank you Glad so to... much. <laughs> you're <And> welcome. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dad, thanks a lot, man. No problem. I'll talk to you. Wasn't that so cute? Uh, I guess it really happened, okay? I guess I was wrong. I shouldn't have questioned my dad. Um, and Mary is normal, <laughs> like anybody else. She has to pump her gas. And it was interesting with her husband kind of chiming in, asking a million questions when we did this. But anyway, thank you guys for listening to the Backstory Podcast. That's Mary J. Blige. I want to thank DJ One Plus Two, my editor, for helping to put this together. Coming up on the next Backstory Podcast, the Wu-Tang Clan. Album coming out, right? Yo, we got right now, we got Protect Your Neck. You know what I'm saying? The Method Man out right now, ringing bells. We're going we're gonna to get into the album party around September. We got mad other projects going on. Dirty Bastard. Method Man got you know, some little projects. You know what I'm we're going to kill them this year. Get more of the backstory on our Patreon page with exclusive interviews, outtakes, and the Lost Controversial Backstory Podcast. You can only get here. Support on the Backstory Bonus Level.